Listen to Army Breakup Radio tonight. You will not want to miss Joe's IG. Talks to the cast of Mend a City. Like, how can you miss that? On the wake of radio.com. Sign up for OTW2.com. Thank you. On the wake up play, why do I need to? Why do I need to? Just get your body to move. Won't stop till we shake the room, yeah. On the wake up radio, I am your host, Joel Saji. Make me free. And welcome to On the Wake Up Radio. You're listening to Make Me Free. This is your host, Joel Saji, and shout out to our super producer, Sydney Asky, where you can call in live at 844-818-4433. It is two. 99 per minute you must be 18 years or older to participate you can catch all the replays on otw2.com google and apple products soundcloud itunes google play stitcher spotify and as well iHeartRadio. the new website is up as mentioned otw2.com where it is free speech friendly no censorship you can sign up today and also if you could be so kind to please donate to or $5 or any amount, which will go directly to the website. And as well, our airtime, it is a labor of love, but we still live in a costly world. Let's be real. And if you appreciate the free content, please help us keep the message uncensored and free where you can go donate through PayPal at onthewakeupradio at gmail.com, as well as Zelly at onthewakeup at gmail, onthewakeupradio at gmail.com, and as well, cash app at dollar sign on the wake up radio and we want to thank you all for tuning in tonight those tuning in for the first time and those that have been here from the beginning love light and peace to you all uh again we want to just thank you all for tuning in uh in respect uh to those that uh the incident that happened prior uh last week we want to definitely send a shout out to the loss uh, to the families of those that were lost during the tragic incident out in Buffalo, New York. Uh, we want to send out condolences uh, from our staff here, as well as the guests that are with us tonight. Uh, again, we want to send out prayers and our love and anything else that we can uh, provide to help those get over uh, such a tragic incident. And we want to definitely try to, we want to read off the names of those that were actually affected uh, during this horrible event. Uh, Ruth Whitfield, age 86, Pearl Young, 77, we want to say her name, Catherine Macy, 72, we want to speak her name, Hayward Patterson, 67, we want to definitely speak his name, Uh, Celestine Chaney, 65, uh, we want to speak her name, Geraldine Talley, 62, we want to speak her name, Aaron Salter, 55, we want to speak his name, Andrew McNeil, 53, we want to speak his name. Uh, Marcus Morrison, 52, we want to speak his name. And also Roberta uh, Drury, 32, we want to speak her name. Uh, we want to again send out love condolences out to those uh, as well. Uh, and tonight's show, uh, we also want to acknowledge our guests that are in the house tonight representing uh, from the west coast of the region of the world here in the Americas. Uh, introducing tonight uh, the Men, the City, the Movement book. Uh, we have on cue Mrs. Tabia Mawusi and Mrs. Diamond. How are you ladies doing tonight? 
Oh, we're doing wonderful, Joelle. How are you? I am well. I just thank you, ladies, for uh, being patient with us uh, during uh, the unforeseen circumstances that did just happen. But again, just thank you for your patience. We thank you for your presence. Uh, love, light, and peace to you both. <laughs> thank you. Um, you know, it, it was uh, really uh, sweet when I got the text message from you today inviting us to come on. And um really excited to be doing this production again. Uh, we've been you know, working on this project now since everything happened with Trayvon back in 2012 through the 2014-15 when, you know, the person who murdered him got away with it. And um, there was such an outrage and an outcry and an ache and a pain in the hearts and souls of the artists and creators that I would get together with at Soul Sessions, you know, behind Raw Remedies where we're going to be doing the play. But um, I think that right now, everything has escalated so much more. Um, the awareness of the brutality that the police um, do, the, the, the outright racial bigotry that is no longer even hidden or apologized for, that's blatant. It's like we're back in the Jim Crow days. There's like lynchings every day and now we're at mass shootings um, that are racially motivated from the Charleston nine up into the 11 you just named off this evening. And, you know, this is such a time that we need a movement like Menda City. And I'm so glad that I am a part of it and that um, the people that I have who are supporting me in this endeavor are part of it. And you are definitely one of those people that I would include in being loyal and committed and absolutely just faithful and transparent and consistent in what you do um, and, and your efforts as someone who's a part of this movement. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much. Wow. No worries. No worries. Uh, again, uh, this here uh, opportunity that is being presented uh, to uh, Minna City, the movement, the book, uh, the author, yourself, and Julie, and, uh, Philip J. Lightfoot, just to mention in that, uh, again, the, this book here kind of really steps on uh, the, the situation that is plaguing our country uh, here today. Uh, this book brings uh, a real profound uh, aspect uh, to conversations that probably need to be held uh, more, or, or, or you know, even today, right now. I think this book here, in its essence, uh, definitely uh, presents a, a lot of solutions uh, to the uh, issues that we face as a community or as a race of people. I absolutely agree. Um, there's, it's a, such a good content in this book. You know, um, the people who wrote this with me and the excerpts of other people's writings that we took to put this together really helped us to kind of tell the story of the African-American or black experience, as some would say, in this country. And, you know, the main focus and the main point of 
putting this production together. And even though we call it a play, it's really a performance art piece, right? Because at our mm -hmm. heart, oh, we are artivists. We're artists, yes. We are creators, yes. But we're also activists. We're here to make a change and to make a difference. And we understand how powerful theater is, you know? Um, there is such a amazing experience that someone can encounter when they enter into a space where there are these hearts and souls on stage that are pouring their virtue out and um, people in the audience, those hearts and souls are receiving it. There's just this oneness, this connectedness that happens where everyone experiences this thing in the same space in the same time and in, at the same moment. And um, people's lives are changed because they're really entertained, you know? When I was at the University of Washington, my director, Valerie Curtis Newton, um, she used to always say entertainment isn't just someone walking in, sitting down, seeing something, laughing, crying, and getting up and going, you know? It's someone coming in and sitting down and watching and experiencing something that enters inside of them that causes them to change so that they're not the same person who walked in the door when they leave. That's real entertainment, and that's what this is about us entering in and touching the hearts and souls and minds and spirits of the people who sit in those seats so that they can be actively changed to go and answer the call to Menda City. And the city we're called to men is the ethnicity that's most often referred to as African American and Black. And yes, we need to mend. We need to mend, but we aren't alone in needing to mend. There are others who are needing mending as well. And um, I say we can only do as much as we ourselves can control. And what we can control is mending ourselves, repairing ourselves. And that's what the goal of this is, you know? If we can get everyone to take their passion, to take their expertise, to take their experience and their knowledge and their wisdom with one mindset in, in place of us mending, of us healing, of us coming together and unifying, of us strategically organizing and creating an actual agenda that is effective. And whatever it is that you find your hands to do, do it with all your heart, mind, and soul in intact and in agreement with the fact that we need to mend. And you're willing to take actions to do that. Not just yourselves, not just your families, but a whole community and a whole nation of people need this now. And that's what Menda City is about. Uh, this book speaks uh, of a undignified culture. Um, mm. And in that, uh, you go into depth in that on page 60 in the book. Uh, if you don't mind, uh, could you maybe go into that? Uh, just yeah. give the audience a, a little feel of some of the writing uh, that was put into this. Yes, I absolutely can. Um, um, so um, this, this play was um, envisioned while I was in the back of Raw Remedies at a Soul Sessions. And Trice, it was something that I'd been thinking about. How do I do this? What? How do I? I don't know all the voices and all the expressions of people to really write something that is going to be compelling enough and really 
transparent and sincere enough that uh, it can get people to want to move and take action. But I was listening to all these artists performing and listening to their voices. And I'm like, they're the ones, these are the ones, right? And Trice B Phantom got up and he did the song that is the opening of act two, which is called Beautiful Trouble. And if you haven't heard this song already, please come if for nothing else to hear this song because it is so moving and it moved me and inspired me to make a call of action that night for other writers and artists to come together and write this play, Menda City, the movement. And um, mm -hmm. one of the gentlemen who was coming who didn't continue with us, and his name's Gary, and I can't remember his last name, and I feel bad, but this was back in 2014, 2015. And I'll remember it, and I'll get it to you if your audiences want to know, but a lot of people will know. And Zuli, if she makes it on, and I know she's trying to get in, um, she'll remember. But um, he wrote this phrase, and it's, this is what happens when an undignified culture gets introduced to the barrel of a 12 gauge situation. And that was the start of us all beginning to write. And then Zuli and myself and Philip putting the works that we wrote together to create this piece. Um, did you want me to read more of that or you just want me to talk about that line specifically? Well, uh, probably the whole, if you can, just a, a paragraph of that, maybe a couple paragraphs of that. Okay. So um, this is from a song that we actually call um, Death to White Supremacy. Um, uh, we do X2WS as an abbreviation for it. And that isn't death mm -hmm. to white people. That isn't death to any human being. That is death to a mindset that absolutely needs to die in order for our race to survive. Um, as long as it continues, there'll be genocide, not just against us, but others as well. So um, that's what death to white supremacy is. But I'll read, I'll read a little bit. This is what happens when an undignified culture gets introduced to the barrel of a 12-gauge situation. Not properly equipped with the armor of education of who they are and what they represent. With a bullet to the heart of history, the sting of karmic energy, they bleed ferocity. Reinstate the kings, they say. Reinstate the queens. We command you to rise to your throne. There has been genocide, a death to the members of our tribe, and we are now advised to remain in our sullenness to watch the members of this grand clan deplete, to drown and to weep, to live no more, to hide the light we seek, to absorb the full buckshot blast blowing black hearts through black backs, the same black backs that built a nation to the stars and wore its stripes, black hate bleeding in the city, brothers stolen from homes, screams for justice fallen on ear, drums whitewashed death, the blind, spot hiding the black ghost in the shell unwelcomed in a world while hell is survived by the seed that sort of thrives through the bioremediation process of hate fear and ignorance the seed grows exponentially it draws its strength off the potency the poison of racist activities and oppressive consideration 
ignoring the reparations still unpaid for the murderous occupations which still invade the fabric of a culture eviscerated, then emancipated and bound in the confounded history of lies and deceit. The mendacity. No, men a city. That is what we're talking about tonight, people. Yes. And and that is our prologue pretty much to the, almost like to the whole play because we go into history and all these different things, but it, it touches a little bit on everything that we need to touch on to make the call to action. I want to go back on your conversation uh, you were having just prior to that. You were referring to the... Uh, um the death of white supremacy um yeah. there's also a section here where uh, there's a uh, a card scene so to speak and it kind of kind of like goes into that oh the dealers uh, yeah. yeah you know this is my absolute favorite piece in the whole play <laughs> this was written by philip j lightfoot and um as the story goes uh, I was waiting for people to submit work and um, Philip had written a lot of stuff and Zuli knew it. So she went through his book and she sent all the stuff to me that she felt was, you know, apropos uh, and suitable for the production. And when I read this piece, even though it was one long poem, I saw a white man at a table dealing cards and He's playing with three other brothers, three black men. And um, it was a real conversation where I saw that there was an opportunity to heal. But at the same time, that white privilege that so many white folks seem to not recognize that they have, that they like to deny, you know, um, that that that's the, what happens with the dealer in this scene. I mean, in the way he realizes the privilege that he has, but then he doesn't realize until later the damage of that privilege. And that's what this scene is really about. I know we were rehearsing it yesterday and you were standing in for one of the actors who weren't there and you got to read quite a bit of it. Was there anything in particular that stood out for you? Well, in, in that scene in particular, uh, the reshuffling of the deck, so to speak, to kind of like even the odds uh, are within the whole piece uh, was kind of like a, a sticking out to me that was really, um, you know, I don't think really people bring that up enough where there should be a resetting of sorts or, or, or a different alignment than what is. Right. But, you know, the thing is, is that when what what, what was important in that scene where at the beginning the dealer's dealing out the cards and then at the mm -hmm. end the brother picks the cards up as if he has control of the deck and hands them back to the white man and says redeal the cards shuffle them again start over and he hands him the cards and then the dealer instead hands them back to him and says, you deal. Now what's the deal? And um, that for me was pointing out the fact that 
the cards are kind of like the power, right? They represent the power and how the cards are dealt and who's dealing the cards represents the person who is dishing out the power, right? And mm-hmm. um, when he's given the cards back, it was kind of like us saying to him, you have the power, so you need to pick these up and reshovel so you can redeal. And, and making the choice for us in that action as a director to hand those cards to the black man and say, no, now you deal. It's kind of like saying, okay, we're going to allow you, we're going to relinquish our power and give it back to you, right? Which ultimately is what needs to happen. But is that something that white supremacy is going to actually do? Is is it actually going to allow that? I mean, um, one of our actors, the young man who's in the play now, his name is Patrick O'Shea. Um, he mm-hmm. is uh, the white man that's dealing the deck. And um, he's so aware of the privilege that he has. Um, and it's not, um, there's that, you know, there's those who have that privilege and they're really cocky about it. And then there's those who have that privilege and they're very humbled by it. But yet they realize that they can exercise that power as an ally to provide benefit for those of us who, you know, even though we all have that human stamp, our wrists aren't pink. They don't have that pink hue that his had, you know? Um, so um, he had made the the, the statement that, um, that that white privilege isn't always, doesn't always feel good for him, right? And mm-hmm. so um, he recognizes that there's an abuse of power that lies within that privilege. And that there were times where he looked away when he saw that abuse of power happening and he didn't speak out. But over the course of, you know, the pandemic and what happened with George Floyd and so many others, he no longer is willing to stand by and just watch it happen. He's really ready and willing and able to speak out. And if we can get more white allies who, um, we had plenty of oh, during the 1800s and uh, when we were they were abolishing slavery. If we didn't have the white allies, we would still be in chains. If we didn't have the white allies, we wouldn't have been able to overcome uh, the Jim Crow laws of the South, right? So the white allies are important and they're necessary, but it's going to take them um, the, 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 the white European who is, you know, whether they're liberal or Republican, because I think that there's some on both sides who are white supremacists and some who despise white supremacy, right? Um, but until enough of them agree that this white supremacy mindset must die, that there needs to be an end put to it, um, until that happens, we have to focus on ourselves and mending and healing ourselves and not rely on that, figure out how to work within the system to get our own solvency, create and build our own communities, you know? Mm-hmm, definitely, definitely. Uh, Miss Diamond, you still there with us? Yeah, I know this, I don't see her picture up anymore. 
Okay, okay. Well, no worries. Just want to make sure we should be still there. I want to throw a question out there for you as well. Um, but still in turn, uh, with you know, the okay. book itself. So Zuli, you know, Zuli's in, in uh, North Carolina and it's late for her. She's got to get up early. So she's not going to be able to um, join us. Um, that's okay. I'm going to miss her. I love her voice and I love talking to her. So, but um, she just sent a message, I guess, to Cindy to let her know. I'm not sure what happened to Miss Diamond. Um, no worries, no worries, no worries, no worries. Yeah. She was on. Uh, I don't know what Pardon going to be a two-day event. Yes. Okay. We're having a two-day event. The last time we did this at Raw Remedies, um, because it's such a small, intimate setting, we're limited seating. It's only about 220 seats for both nights. So it's about 110 seats available for each night. So, you know, I really want to kind of stress the urgency for people to get their tickets sooner than later, because the last time we did this, we sold out that one night. Um, and, and we're doing two nights now because we had so many more people who were wanting us to do it again. And if we can get both nights sold out, that's going to be amazing. And I'm excited about it. Um, it's going to be at Raw Remedies, which is at 203 East Colorado Avenue in Las Vegas, Nevada. And that zip code is 89104. So um, it's going to be at Raw Remedies. The doors will open at 7 p.m. Um, and the show will start at sunset, which is at 8.07 and we have different uh, ticket pricing, anywhere from $39 uh, on up to $105 for a VIP. Um, there are some tickets that just come with the drink because it's gonna be hot outside. We want you to definitely go to the bar. So you're gonna get one drink ticket uh, with the purchase of your ticket. Um, and then there are some seats that come with the meal as well. And I'm working on right now which vendors we're going to have for the food, but I'm looking at some really great and fabulous chefs um, that uh, have the opportunity to meet and taste some good food to see, you know, what's good enough for the folks coming to, to the, to the Mid the City Movement Juneteenth event. So uh, we are, have seats that are going to include a meal and a drink and the VIP will also have the option of buying the whole booth at a discount. Um, it's six to a booth and they'll also have the option to get um, bottle service if they like. So I'm really excited about that. Um, just if you want to get tickets, uh, you can go to Eventbrite. The domain is, and let me I just had it out and then I closed the, the sheet. <laughs> but um, the Eventbrite page is, let me switch over here real quick. I'll go to the page. The link is um, MACTM, which is an acronym for Menda City the Movement. So MACTM June 10th, 2022 dot eventbrite.com again that's ctm june 10th 2022 dot eventbrite.com you can go to that and um purchase your tickets um if you have any questions about anything feel free to reach out to me directly my number is 702 473 
702-249-5155. Actually, let me give you this number instead. It's 702-249-0550. Again, that's 702-249-0550. We are looking for vendors, um, preferably Black-owned businesses. Um, uh, those, we do have vendor booths available. And like I said, I'm still looking for some a caterer or a chef or some food trucks that we can have available. Um, they'll definitely be having um, tickets for meals sold because I'll have ticket sales in advance. So they'll make money, you know, right off the top. So if you could, you know, get us up, come out and see the show. And um, yeah, you could go get your tickets on Eventbrite. And again, those dates are going to be June 17th and June 18th, 2022, yeah. next month. Uh, not too long off. Uh, so if you're more than interested, please visit that uh, uh, link that you did to read off. Again, www.eventbrite.com slash uh, City the movement, June 10th, June 10th 2022. Tickets. Uh, get yours hurried. Definitely those tickets will be going fast once the word uh, gets out there. Um, that's um, uh, the play uh, that was produced, I believe, back in 2017. Yeah, we've done it. The first time that we ever did it was a brief, the very maybe the first two or three scenes of it. Um, we did back in 2015, we were first putting it together. And then uh, we did it for the 2017. Um, homegrown playwright festival at UNLV. That was in February 2017. That was the first time we did a full cast. We did a full live stage play reading. We acted it out. The actors just had to have their scripts in their hands. It was really great. Had a phenomenal cast back then. It's when I met Sparkle. It's when I met uh, Dizzle the Dime. Uh, um, I met so many fabulous people. Jamila. Um, Ashley, Rel, like so many, so many dope artists and so many uh, dope actors that came out. And what's really amazing is my cast has mostly been poets, spoken word artists and actors, but a lot of spoken word artists um, who have been doing the phenomenal jobs. And then my, my singer, Courtney Summers, she joined us when we did it in 2019 at Raw Remedies. Um, but we also did it in North Carolina at North Carolina State University uh, for their um, Black History Month program. Uh, Zuli is a professor there, and she directed the play. Um, Zuli also goes by Venetia J when she directs. And um, let's see, we did it again this year at the Amplify Black Voices Festival in uh, Greens of Greensboro. North Carolina, where seven universities in Greensboro came together to produce four different stage plays. Ours was the first play. It opened up the entire festival. And we did it at Bennett College, worked with some really wonderful young student actors who just did such a tremendous job. I was so proud of them. Um, and now we're going to do it again. When I came back, Bobby was like, so we going to do Minda City again? What's happening for Juneteenth? And for those of you who don't know who Bobby is, Bobby is the owner of Raw Remedies. And um, she has been probably the most 
supportive and loyal of uh, the people who have had my back um, when it comes to producing this play. And um, I have her back as well. We work very closely together on uh, numerous ventures. And so I'm just really excited to be doing this and paying homage to that space where this play was envisioned, you know? So yeah, you guys can make it out June 17th and 18th. Um, we are going to have a phenomenal time. Um, they're also going to be doing something on June 19th with the Juneteenth 365 group. And we are excited to be even working with them on this weekend to make it really festive and important because Juneteenth is definitely a day, a freedom day for us. It's a day for us to remember, um, what our ancestors went through. And remember what our ancestors did so that we could be free and have the liberties that we do have now, even though we're in the midst of a lot of social injustice and racial um, discrimination and, you know, the systemic racist programs that are operable in every institution and every fabric of everything that runs this country called America. Um, we have more liberty now than some of our ancestors did and we're grateful for that but i have a son and he's 13 and i have grandchildren and i have daughters that are grown right and i have um people that i know who will still be here when i'm gone and i want to make certain that there's something that i did to make it better for them i think that's a responsibility we all really have and for those of us who have that pure heart and understanding, they'll hear the call. They'll come. They'll come. And they'll take action. And they'll mend the city. I will mend the city by promoting Black love. Mm -hmm. Hatred of Black people has been woven into American society and politics, even into our minds. I think by looking over our history and really acknowledging the strength, intelligence, industry, and passion of Black people in American history, acknowledging our role in this building of this country, our role in it, our industry, economy, fields such as science, medicine, and so on, we, we realize that there is not America as we know it without us. My sisters' backs were those who carried the cotton industry through, which brought America to wealth. Our jazz, the blues, the rock and roll, R&B, hip hop. There is no pop culture without black art. Looking at who we have been, not in ignorance of oppression, but in appreciation of who we are, even in the face of hatred. I think that goes right along with what you're saying right now uh, in total aspect. Absolutely. Um, a legacy uh, for those that we have brought into this world, uh, for them to be in a better place or a better school uh, than what is presently here now. Absolutely. So when we all came together to write the play, I asked all of the people who were work we were working with at the time to start out a piece that starts, I would mend a city by and finish it. And that what you just read um, was, I believe, oh my gosh, 
yes, um, that was Phillips. Philip wrote that. And um, I love the uh, piece so much because it really speaks to so much of who, like everything of who we are, you know, from the art to the love, you know, to the history. And um, absolutely, we've got to make this better for our children. Like, I remember when I was living in Germany, I was married, I'm pregnant with my daughter, who is my first child. And um, I was 18, uh, about to be 19. And oh, I just turned 19 because the election just happened. It was just after my 19th birthday. And um, what's his name? George Bush, the first president, George Bush, had just become elected. And, you know, back then I was really aware that they didn't like us. And um, I would grow up, you know, as a black child, you grow up knowing that people just don't like you because you're black. They actually like hate you to the point where they kill and murder and hang and lynch and beat and do all these terrible things to people who look like you just because they look like you, just because their skin color is the same as yours, you know? And, you know, um, now I understand that, you know, that's a form of post-traumatic stress disorder, but I like to say, we have post-traumatic slavery disorder because there's some behaviors that these um, colonizers and enslavers have had towards us that our ancestors may have experienced firsthand, but the knowledge of it and the fact that even though it's not happening maybe as much or as often as it did then, it's still happening today. There were 11 people shot dead in a supermarket because of it, right? It's still happening today that it's a real thing. When the police officer pulls you over and you're a black man and all you want to do is make it home for dinner, right? Oh my God, I'm getting pulled over. Just God, let me make it home to my family for dinner. Today. Don't, don't, please don't let him shoot me just because I, I went to go grab my, my ID or my my registration out of the glove box. Okay, no, I'm not gonna move. I'm just gonna sit here with my hands on the 10 and two. So you don't think I'm trying to do anything that's gonna give you cause to shoot me dead today. You know, these are real thoughts going through every black man's mind when he gets pulled over by a police officer every time. And they get pulled over probably four times more than most white folks do. So these, things are very real, you know? Um, and, and I went on a tangent because I just started thinking about, you know, the fact that as a child, I was terrified because I was black. There were times when I was terrified and it's gotten worse as I've gotten older and not better. I'm more terrified today than when I was when I was little because I know more now, you know? But it was hard growing up as a black child in America, knowing the truth, you know, knowing the history. That's traumatizing. And we don't talk about that enough. We don't talk about that enough at all. Um, and so mental health is really real. 
but I was telling you this story because I was talking about the election. I knew it was going to come back to me. <laughs> talking about the election, and I was pregnant with my daughter, and I was crying out to God because I didn't understand why would you let me bring another life into this world that despises us? And I found myself sobbing and sobbing and sobbing and then fell asleep. And as I was waking up, I heard spirit say to me that your seed is the promise that my promise shall continue and that you shall continue. And so I think that at that time, I also prayed and said, whatever is happening, whatever is going on, I don't trust these people. They're all wicked and they're evil and I don't trust them. And I want to be a general in your army when it comes to us mending and healing and, and getting things right and coming together and fixing this. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I want to be a general in that army. And so I'm answering the call that I asked for. And that's what the Mendocity movement is, you know? But we have to know that there's a reason for us to still have life and to give life. And it's so that we can implant this calling that we have to heal and to mend and to continue and to survive at all costs, that we can implant that, those values, those same principles into our children so that they can remember to continue to do it. Even if I don't see it in my lifetime, and even if my son doesn't see it in his, hopefully my great-grandchildren and my great-great-great-grandchildren will. We can't let hope not continue. Two things I want to bring up uh, that you touched on. Uh, one, uh, post-traumatic slave syndrome. Uh, America is doing injury and healing by Dr. Joy DeCruz. And there's a section in that book, I believe on page 85, Justice and Policing, uh, where they go and the topic of the injustices of the policing uh, and, and the nature and the habitants, uh, habits that they carry uh, seem to now be spewing uh, into the country itself, and and as we uh, seen from many incidents prior, but just the latest incident now circulating on the news of Buffalo, New York, and the incident that happened up there, uh, that just anyone with the thought of trying to uh, kill someone can now just actually do it, and it seems without any harm or foul uh, being done to them. Um, as we know that any situation where we're in, and as you speak of this fear nature that comes upon us when we're being pulled over uh, by a police officer uh, and nine more or less, you know, it seems as though over and over again, even though the, the numbers may not be as accurate as nine, nine out of 10 times, but still there's a high number percentage of black males being killed and injured while in police custody for the very minor offenses of traffic violations uh, that do occur at the time of the stoppage or whatever. Uh, even if there's no uh, uh, circumstantial evidence of what they speak of um, to pull you over, still in all, there's this uh, 
nature within them to ignite a situation to where it, it, it spews over into them shooting you in some instance. Uh, but still, uh, there's a scene uh, in the book that kind of like touches on this directly, uh, where there's a scene where the gentleman went to jail, uh, or at least four gentlemen went to jail. Um, uh, can you speak on each particular character and what they're going through in this time of, of outrage? The last person that comes to speak that kind of like gathers it all together uh, in, in that in that moment. And we're on Wake Up Radio. This is your host, Joel Sag. Make me free as the show. Uh, Tapia? Sandy? Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize I hit mute. I'm here. <laughs> Please forgive me. Yes, so um, the scene that you're referring to is a scene also written by Philip J. Lightfoot, and we call it the jailhouse cipher. And uh, the way that we set it up is that um, there's these... Uh, news reporters reporting about this crime that was committed and they're out looking for uh, suspects and bringing them into custody and they're looking for all men fitting this description, black, in a hoodie, wearing tennis shoes, 18 to 38, you know, it's like black, the, the description's always black, right? And so we're kind of doing a little bit of um, slapstick with that in that we're pushing that narrative that you're just arresting these black men just to be arresting them because they're black, which goes to driving while black being a crime and you getting pulled over in your life because they just felt like pulling you over today because you were driving while black, right? Um, but in this scenario, there's four men who get locked up. And they're very different men. The only thing they have in common is that they're black. But they're four very different men who have a very different perspectives on what's happening and what's going on. And everything kind of gets centered around this gun, right? And so the first character, his name is Timothy. And he's young. He's probably about 18, 19 years old, playing basketball with his cousin, Police swirl up on him, take him down, take him to jail, lock him up. And he's asking why. Why did they have their guns drawn? You know, why did they have me face down, knees ground, handcuffed and caught on camera? Why did they do this to me? Is it or is it my skin? Am I, is, it, is it my skin? You know, is it because I'm black? Is that is that it? It's a weapon? You know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. His words. I mean, if you want to read some of it, we can. But um, Timothy asks, why did they have their guns drawn? And then the next character's named Zando. And Zando, you know, the character that we framed around him, his response is, they always had their guns drawn. And he goes into all these different stories of tasting asphalt, you know, um, just, you know, being, being, in this place where these guys that have badges are just basically licensed to kill. And so, of course, they always have their guns drawn. 
And then the next character's name is Solomon. And Solomon is that, you know, how do I have to put it? He's like that kingpin, you know, that OG. He never has his hands dirty, but he got soldiers out there doing the work for him. He's collecting his dodo. He's collecting the money. But this one time when he's absolutely innocent and he ain't did nothing wrong, then I snatched him up for all the wrong reasons, right? He gets caught up. But he's like, that's okay. Let them draw their guns. Real niggas, we don't run. That's his first opening line. I love it. Right? Let them draw their guns. Real niggas, we don't run. So he's basically saying, you know, I'm a soldier too. I'm a soldier too. Let them draw their guns. I don't even have to be the one to shoot. I got a team of people who can do it for me. Right? But the last one, which you play this character, and you do it very well, and I'm so appreciative that you decided to join us again for the cast. That character is William. And he says, it's time for us to draw our guns. And I think that those four different perspectives really share the viewpoint of the, all the all the black men you know there's those who are like oh my god why they have their guns drawn and there's a lot of fear and trembling that's there because they really didn't they didn't they they probably haven't had any encounter with the cops before this might be their first experience you know they might be those who are you know so assimilated in with the dominant culture that they're hanging out with those white boys and they never get caught doing anything but watch the white boys get away with everything. Right? And and then there's the, the Zandos who, you know, this is what they do. They just don't accept that this is what they do. This is this fight we're in. This is the hand we're dealt and that's what they do and we just gotta learn how to behave to make sure we don't nothing bad happens so that we don't we don't lose our lives, right? And uh, Solomon, you know, he's a soldier. There's a lot of brothers out there that are soldiers and they're ready to shoot back. You know, even though they're not talking about drawing their guns, but they're like, let them. It's kind of like I understood. When Solomon says, let them draw their guns, he's not saying let them draw their guns. Don't just let them kill us. No, he's saying let them draw their guns. I got something for that ass, right? And William's just blatantly militant. He's like, it's time for us to draw our guns. And for me, what that says, it's time for us to get our shit together. It's time for us to unify. It's time for us to strategize. And it's time for us to organize an agenda so that we can protect ourselves, heal ourselves, mend our families, our communities, our businesses, our banks. Yeah, so that's it in a nutshell. Do you want to do your piece? I, I, I want to uh, go back, uh, if you don't mind, no uh, to one very interesting uh, uh, piece that's written as well. Um, I'm not sure particularly who, I'm pretty sure you'll mention it uh, within this, but um, uh, I believe it's the scene where uh, right after um, that 
uh, we go into uh, none of selfish than the self-proclaimed selfish feeding off the needs of those who are deemed helpless. Survival of the fittest all claim legit. Money, sex, power, the mantra of this continent. Still yet we're content with our own ignorance. Food eating away at our minds and flesh from the inside out, yet we still purchase a four stack from in and out. Are you in or out? We need a head count. The revolution is in action and we still can't back down now. Stand down, man down from the demons of our towns. Flags waving red, white, and blue to capture you. Is that the truth? Stand up after you. They are gunning our brothers down in the streets for shit they didn't do. The man answers you. Let go. Counsel you. Yeah, the crew is new. A new tribe strapped with a new vibe to lead this nation to the most high. Mother nature, they degrade her and forsake her. Do you hate her? Amongst the stars, she is the wonder of creation. Dark clouds speak loud to rebirth that truth in you. You who are true and do of loving respect and kindness. You, the transformer, do. Man, that, 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 that's a deep joint right there. Isn't that powerful? So Zuli wrote this. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you, when we were in North Carolina just recently, the young lady that did this piece, oh my gosh. I have seen, I've seen Zuli do it. She wrote it. I've seen her do it. She does a great job. She performs the piece. It's her piece, right? Mm-hmm. But the way that this young lady put her whole body into speaking this piece, there was like a visual aid that helped me to really connect more of what this piece is saying, right? I, I, I can't explain that any other way. This The way that she completely used her entire body to spit this, man, it was powerful. But the words, the words are definitely the bullets, right? That, that do that mind piercing poetry, <laughs> bullet lead. But um, I love this piece because I think that there's this real direct approach that speaks and pierces the soul and when by the time she gets to that there's a new tribe with a new strapped with a new vibe to lead this nation to the mo- to its most high it's it, that that that's like the call of this whole production right like there's a there's a new tribe there's there's enough of us with a pure enough heart and mind and spirit that will hear this call to me that, that we're that new tribe strapped with the new vibe and the choice of the word strapped right that choice of the word strapped usually when people talk about you strapped what they're talking about a gun right mm-hmm. yeah strapped with the new vibe to lead this nation to its most high mother nature mm. a lot of people don't remember that that is the most high they don't remember that. We got so far away from nature. 
got so separated from nature. Our ancestors were completely in tune and in vibe and, and with the vibration of her. They moved with her. That's that new vibe we gotta get strapped with. Being in tuned with Mother Nature. Being in tuned with our ancestors. Being in tuned with that vibration that calls us to love and to heal and to mend and to remember who we are. And understand that we have the power to create, to speak a word, to think a thing and it be. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Um, so again, as we're, uh, again, reading uh, some of the uh, excerpts from the book itself, uh, Men the City to Men, again, written by Tavi Mawusi, uh, Exuli, uh, Philip J. Lightfoot, uh, in honor of this book. Uh, we brought him on British, uh, brought at least one of the authors on to the show tonight uh, to give us a synopsis of the book itself, of the play uh, that will be um, put to life and uh, full view for your viewing pleasure on June 16th and June 18th, uh, starting show time at 8.07, right after sundown. Again, that is going to be June 17th and 18th to show a mandatory uh, so get your tickets early. I believe uh, we did send the uh, link out to our producer. She will put in that. She will be on the uh, social media site. So you can uh, go ahead and click that link and purchase your tickets if you're out here in the Las Vegas area. Or if you plan to any time soon within the month of June, and you want to schedule your uh, vacation around this play. Uh, this play is not to be missed. Guaranteed it will be a hot show guaranteed again it will be a hot show you don't want to miss it. you want to be there live uh i'm pretty sure people will be recording it but it's like the real thing uh with that being said cindy i want to bring you on if you can what up what up what up hi cindy hey, how you doing i love everything about this i'm in new york and all i want to know is what you got for those of us that want to be there but can't be there and would love well, to purchase a ticket. Right now, we're in negotiation with a company who is going to offer live streaming capabilities for the production. So we're really excited about that. Um, I should have more information. I'd say by Friday, those links will be available for people to purchase uh, the live streaming um, as well. Not sure about the pricing till I know what's going on with that contract. So. Once I know more, I'll let everyone know um, how they can purchase a ticket to come and share with us uh, this experience. I'm hoping to possibly create, um, along with that live stream package, some uh, Minda City Movement memorabilia. So um, look for that as well. So when you get it, and we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. So these purchases are actually donations as well. Um, so, um, we also have opportunities for sponsorship. Um, we are working on getting some more sponsorship as this is not going to be the only time we do this play this year. We plan on building this cast up. We are open to receiving more and more talent all, always because 
there are no stars in this production. It is an ensemble piece. And the importance about an ensemble is every single body matters. Every entity, every person involved matters. Everyone is important. There's no superstars here. Because when we're working on building and creating a nation, no one person can be the one. It take, Even a strong leader has to have a team of people behind them, supporting them to make it happen. So there's no superstars in this production. We're all here as members and artists and activists who are wanting to see something accomplished through our art and using our art to see that accomplishment happen. So, um, yeah, we're looking for more talent, always open for singers and actors um, and other poets um, who want, or spoken word artists who want to perform. Uh, we're always open to receive more. We will be taking this on tour this year, and I'm very excited about it. I have an agency I'm working with that is phenomenal, and they're able to do so much. It's called Daymakers, and Sophia and Peter, um, they're really amazing people who see the vision of Mendes City and they reached out to me and said, Hey, we, we want to get, but we want, we see this and we see where it can be very powerful and impacting. And we see where, you know, people will be ready to uh, get on board to support this mission that you have. That is incredible for our communities and uh, we want to help you. And so they're here to help. And um, they're so accomplished in what they do already that I don't doubt that we're going to have a very successful year for Mendy City this year. Mac Move 2022 is going to be amazing. I'm excited. Facts with triple X's on it. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to play a game with you because I want to yeah. know more about you. And we call this, we call this rapid fire. We're going to get to know who you are. Okay. <laughs> It's everything about you that makes us want to go, we want more of her. Are you ready? I think, I hope. Let's see what's coming. <laughs> Shoot. TV or music? Oh, man. I'm going to say TV, but stories. I like stories. It's your world. You can say whatever you want. Meat uh, or vegetables? Because I love music, but go ahead. Meat or vegetables? Vegetables. Holidays or birthdays? Holidays. Dine out or cook in? Dine out. <laughs> you got a favorite book? My favorite book, I would say, is Awareness by Anthony DeMalo. Because when I read it, it changed my entire life. Do you have a favorite movie? First Night. It's about the story of Camelot. I like that story. Do you have a favorite documentary? Thirteenth Amendment. Or the Thirteenth, I think is what they call it. How about out of favorite play, shameless plug. <laughs> My favorite play is Mendacity, Lies Left Unspoken. It's the first play I produced here in Las Vegas that I wrote every single word to. And it's my favorite play. It's the best play ever. I love it. 
Now, do you have or superpower you had? I have a superpower. I'm the only one that knows how to be me. On God, right? There's only one you, and we are. (laughs) Nobody else knows how to do it but me. That's my superpower. If you had to come back to this place, would you be a tree? Mountain, volcano, or animal? I think I'd be an animal. Oh, what kind? Black Panther. See, now that's sexy all day. (laughs) All day. It's my favorite one. What's your favorite color? Blue. Favorite hobby? I guess singing. Do you have a child? <laughs> Anything with Shirley Temple. I don't even remember the names when as a kid. If it had Shirley Temple on it, I was watching it. Lovely. Biggest accomplishment made or any collaborations you would like to tell us about? So, you know, for me, my biggest accomplishment was giving birth to my children. I don't think that there's anything greater in the world that you can do than bring another life into it. So Shadea Marvel Long is my daughter. She was my first and greatest accomplishment. And Elijah Victorious Moreland, who is my son, is my second greatest accomplishment. Would you be my mother in a next lifetime? Uh <laughs> Beach or pool? Oh, okay. A beach. <laughs> a beach. Action or at comedy? All day action. Shower or bath? Shower. Love or money? Love. Love or respect? Love. Reading or watching TV? I know what I'm supposed to say. But TV, it's terrible. But I like stories. <laughs> I like why well, I want to make films. So I watch them for that reason. I feel like I got to make an excuse. Because I really like a good book. But I watch TV a lot. Sunrise or Moonlight? Moonlight. A friendship forever or a love of your life short-lived? A friendship forever. A pet peeve you have? People telling me what to do. We must be twins. A fear you could vanquish from humanity? A fear? Yeah. A fear... I could vanquish from humanity. Uh, lack. The fear of lack. When there's so much abundance, right? I right. T- so much, so true. You step into a time portal. 
April. What year would it be? Save anyone or change anything or just be an observer? I can go backwards or forwards? Wherever you want, baby. This is your world. I don't know if I can answer this question on the air. If I want to be honest, it's going to be a terrible outcome for me. <laughs> People will think I'm terrible. Um, if I could step back in time, I would like to step back into a time where... What year would it be? I don't know. It would have to be sometime when Kemet was here. When Kemet was here. Yeah. No, that's and beautiful. I would observe. Now, I would observe so I could come back would with observe. the facts and the truth today so we could change what's happening now. I come back with the magic. Now, Go ahead. Three people you wish you could meet and pick their baby alive. They could be dead. They could be made up. Well, for sure, I would love to pick the brain of Oprah Winfrey. I would also like to pick the brain of Prince, or the artist formerly known as. And... Dwyer, um, Dr... Dwayne Dwyer, Wayne Dwyer keeps coming in my head for some reason because I like listening to him. He has a lot of wisdom. I would probably pick his brain. Yeah, he's pretty dope. Mm -hmm. You're going you're going on a road trip. You get to take only three people with you. You could put more if you want. It's your world. On a road trip. So I'm coming back to my family. I don't have to worry about bringing them. It's just a road trip, right? Because they'll get on my nerves want, wanting to hear what I want to listen to. <laughs> so on a road trip, um, who would I take? Three people. I would take my friend Damon. I would take... Huh... I probably just would want to take him. Aww. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, that was nice, yeah. I mean, yeah. because we have really good quiet time and we have really good conversations. So every time we've gone on a road trip, it's been really peaceful. I'm wondering if anyone else was in the car, if they would disturb that peace. <laughs> So I thought about a few friends, but I'm like, no, that might not work with him. <laughs> no, if I, I have to it. do three people, it would be my best friend, Patty, my best friend, Jackie, and my best friend, Sonia. Okay, that's dope. I was going to say, I'd get in the trunk while you and Damon talk. <laughs> now, what would you tell yourself as a teen or a little girl if you were to time travel back to yourself? Don't be so naive. 
What do you desire for your life and legacy? Let's speak it into existence. What do I desire for my life and legacy? Speak it into existence. I desire for my life to impact the lives of others by effectively calling into formation the souls and the spirits that are inhabiting human bodies, that they're able to manipulate their minds and their hands and their feet and their hearts and their missions focused on mending a city so that we can have a better future for our children and our children's children. So that we can live in communities where every man, woman, and child in the black community is living in a space where they have totally annihilated the fear of black. Sister, the way you speak makes me feel like I'm watching a love story and I just want to, I'm hugging the hell out of this mic. Uh, <laughs> last but least, time travelers are listening to this. Your great-great-grandchildren are listening to this. What to know about you? I am that I am a divine spirit inhabiting a human body, having a human experience whose deepest need is to love and be loved. And I pray that when you hear my name and you hear of me, you will be told that I was able to love effectively, efficiently, and completely from a pure heart. Standing ovation for you, love. Joelle, oh my gosh, you are wonderful, sis. You are beautiful. <laughs> are light you are everything if i come back as a man you are now you i've already told two women if i came back as a man they could be my wife you're my third wife now and so, <laughs> <laughs> and, and guess what the fact that you write i'll definitely be in touch because i'm working on a couple of scripts okay absolutely and i'm always looking for people to kind of like get together i told someone like alien versus predator had like five writers like let's go we don't even let's have to go move. yes absolutely i'm down i have i have a few things i want to write in terms of so maybe we could collaborate and make it happen i love it i love it I, well we'll turn it into a whole imdb production right <laughs> behind it and because everything you spoke was just so it's everything that you want to hear who would ever figure as a little girl you would be here talking about everything that you've written and it was created and you gave birth to like the children. Yeah. Right. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Joel, I love her. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Cindy. I love you too. I love that 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 game. We just did that rapid fire game. I'm like, it made me really tap in. 
Like I really tuned in, tapped in and got to her and answered them questions. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> I'm sitting here listening, oh, just okay. watching you do it. <laughs> just enjoying the conversation. <laughs> yeah. So yes, Tavia, thank you again uh, for again introducing us uh, to your book, uh, your thoughts, your passions, uh, your character, your love, your dislikes, your beliefs, uh, you. Again, I'm in the city, the movement. Tavia Mawusi, along with Zuli and Philip Lightfoot, are bringing this uh, external book read uh, to us, being put on a live play, stage play, mind you, June 17th, June 18th. Starting times are again 8.07. Uh, we again did have that the, uh, event bright uh, link. And if you want to and remind them again of what that link is, Tavia? Yes, so the link is um, www.m-a-c-t-m-juneteenth-2022.eventbrite.com. Again, that's m-a-c-t-m-juneteenth-2022. Dot eventbrite.com you can go on there and get tickets uh, we also need vendors and we're always open for sponsorships the Menda City Movement is a nonprofit organization whose mission is the Menda City and the city we're called the men is the ethnicity most often referred to as African American or Black and we are a 501c3 nonprofit so you are able to do sponsorships and donations are welcome Uh, I believe there was a number you left them as well. Uh, oh, contact. yes. If you would like to call me directly, you can call me at 702-249-0550. Again, that's 702-249-0550. I'm Tabia Mawusi. If I don't answer, please leave a message or text me. Um, might be best just to text me so I'll know who it is and what it's about and I'll, I'll call back, but I always answer my phone. As well, and again, thank you for joining us. I'm in the city, the movement. We can't talk about this book. Again, June 17th, June 18th as a final reminder. Uh, I believe there's a Facebook page that you have. Yeah, uh, um, my Facebook page is my Facebook page is Tabia Mawusi, T-A-B-I-A-M-A-W-U-S-I. Um, I'm also that on Instagram. Um, I also have Mac Move Radio on Instagram. Um, I'm going to talk to Cindy about that. <laughs> so I'm going to bring it back alive. And... Um, you can find us on Facebook under the Mendocity Movement as well. And again, we want to thank you all for joining us here tonight. Again, you're listening to the show, Make Me Free. I'm your host, Joel Saji. You've been listening to Tapia Mawusi with our super producer, Sydney Ashby, shooting our rapid fire questions. But again, we've been bringing you uh, an inspirational book. 
a play that must be seen if you're in the Las Vegas area. Definitely a must-see. Get your tickets soon. You think about ending, reach out to Tavia Mawusi, Mawusi, uh at the following information that she just passed along. Again, we want to thank you all for tuning in. You can catch us next week, Sunday at 10 p.m. to 10.30 Eastern Standard Time and at the 7 to 7.30 Pacific Standard Time. Uh, this is, again, the segment called Make Me Free. You can catch all replays, again, on OTW2 and where you can sign up today. And we want to thank you, especially you and you, the listener, for showing continued support for making what we have here a continued success. And until next week, peace. On the wake up. Kids Shop Yet Organization programs are finally here. Visit ksyet.org to register. We provide you with the mindset change information as an introduction to doing business in America. Our Beginner's Instructional Services Manual introduces the basic fundamentals to knowledge and understanding to begin your ladder to success. Call us at 725-200-8342. That's 725-200-8342 for more info. Kids Shop Yet Class sign up for the high school, young adult, and grown folks programs can be found at our website, ksyet.org. That's ksyet.org. If you don't decide your future, someone else will. Pass it on. How to sign up for OTW2. Type in OTW2 in your browser. It will bring up the homepage. Then you click the little man with the plus sign to open up an account. Use your best email. Select a username. And then enter a good, secure password. Now you're at the homepage. Click the key to log in to your account using your password with your username. Now search in the search bar for OTW2, which is the page we're going to subscribe to. Click subscribe, click add as friend, as well as click where the videos are. Click on a video to view, like that video, as well as comment. And your exercise is done. Thank you for your support. Americans. Our healthy and secure position in America 
is not going to come just because we've been here and have contributed to this country for several centuries. It is not going to come by just waiting for America to do the right thing. The culture of America is grounded in the evil driving force called the survival of the fittest. This concept justified racism and exploitation. This concept is still strong and is a major player in many of America's policies today. In ignorance, many of us have tagged along with this man-made cancer. But the Bible says, Envy not the oppressor, and choose none of his ways. Therefore, we must turn more of our energies to the appreciation and the development of our own selves instead of begging those who pushed us down to extend their hands to pull us up. Look to the strength that God has created in you. We must stand up, assess the damage, put on the armor of self-appreciation, the sword of a healthy mindset, and fight. We are in a war in a serious mindset battle. A good starting step would be reading the book titled They Stole It But You Must Return It by Richard Williams. This book looks at the slavery experiences in America and how these experiences still affect African Americans and white Americans today. It is an easy and quick read. The book offers insights. It also offers methods and ways for the black family to become strong and healthy. And because of the many requests and the continuing need, this bestseller has been reprinted. But also it is available now on your iPhone, iPad, or computer. Now you can easily download the book from Amazon.com for only $3.99. Every American should read this book. It is a primer. To think unity, we must start with the same information. Get and read this book now. It is time for a mindset revolution.